We shared last week on um, simple obedience and walking forward in what the Lord has commanded us and how clarity comes by saying yes to the little things sometimes. Sometimes the insignificant things are the big things. And uh, the scripture says, be careful lest you become a hearer of the word only and not a doer of the word. And there's a certain amount of uh, igniting that happens in simple obedience that um, opens the door to new things. It clears the air. If you go with me to Titus chapter two, I wanted to just take a moment to to sew in a word about two sides of the same coin. And then we're going to have Dick uh, share a, a word and an opportunity for response. And maybe Eric, if you have something as well, brother. Titus chapter 2. Starting in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. This grace, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And the same grace, it teaches us to live sober and self-controlled, upright, righteous, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for or look for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do good works. This passage shows us the progression from salvation in verse 11, the grace of God has appeared that brings salvation for all people in through the process of sanctification. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives. And then on to the finality of glorification as we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. You'll notice here that this grace is said to train us. And what is the purpose of this training? The purpose that grace has in training us day by day is to get to verse 14. He wants to redeem us from all wickedness and purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do good works. The purpose of grace training us is to make us a holy people. God did not save us just to get us out of hell and into heaven. He saved us to make us like himself to praise him forever. And so we have on one side of this coin, we have the grace of God that teaches us, training us every day to be like him in holiness. What is grace? God's unmerited favor. Praise the Lord for his grace. Lizzie said this morning to me, I forgot about the grace of God at one point this week. You know, in all of our doing, sometimes we forget, but there's grace. Praise the Lord for his amazing grace that saves a wretch like me, amen? On one side of the coin, grace trains us. Here's the other side. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, if you would. 
just to your right. Hebrews 12, verse nine. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? They, our fathers, whether good or bad, disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order, this is the goal, in order that we may share in his holiness. That's the goal of this discipline. Now listen, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, this discipline produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained. So, Grace trains, Titus 2, discipline trains, Hebrews 12. Same coin. Grace is the, um, the gift that just blows your socks off that you didn't deserve, right? Unmerited favor. I don't have a visual example today, but if I had a $100 bill and just gave it to someone for no good reason, that's grace. Discipline is my kid running out in the parking lot and me telling them no and them hearing and not responding, keeping on running, and I bring them back in, bend them over my knee, and give them a nice little spank. I want them to share in wisdom with me. I want them to grow in their wisdom and understanding, and I ultimately want the best for them. Both of those things are good. Me spoiling my kids with an amazing birthday present and me spanking them when they need to receive that discipline are both really good. One without the other is overbearing. Both in a healthy parental relationship has to happen. Amen? And so what God is doing is he's teaching us to walk holy, upright, godly lives in this present age. The Lord is wanting us to share in his holiness. And on both sides of the aisle, he's a good father to us. Whether he is lavishly giving over and above what we've asked or imagined, or whether we're in the process of painful discipline that does not seem pleasant at the time, yeah? The discipline of the Lord in that moment just absolutely stinks, and we're ready to be out of that. But, however, if we choose in the moment to receive the training of that discipline, which is absolutely our choice, We do not have to get the most out of these moments of discipline. If we choose to receive it, then it will produce, it says, a harvest of righteousness and peace if we choose to be trained by it. So what I'm wanting to to set up here today is that we have an opportunity to walk in obedience to the Lord, simple obedience to his commands that are full of grace and sometimes full of discipline and always for our good that we might know how to share in his holiness and walk like him in this world. And so it says before this in Hebrews 12, don't spurn the Lord's discipline. Don't despise the Lord's discipline. And it says in another part of the scriptures, don't use God's grace as a license to sin. Don't don't reject and don't overuse 
Don't, don't take God's grace as something that you have freedom to break all of his laws. Both of those are to be held. And so the Lord has for us a season of sonship and an understanding of walking in between these two, right in between this tension of grace and discipline. 